0: Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off for March 12th, 2021, with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is Bryant Dabney, Michigan City Councilperson. Now, here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks.
1: Hello, friends. Today is Friday, the 12th day of March, and this is Sound Off on 967 The Eagle. My name is Nate Lauks, and it's an honor to be your host today. I'm glad you're with us for the next 45 minutes to talk about what's happening here in LaPorte County. My guest today on the show is Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. You're in your second term as the first ward council person, which includes areas like Eastport Neighborhood, Elston Grove, and Sheridan Beach. So we're so glad to have you to talk about that area, but also to talk about other things that are happening in Michigan City. Obviously, the topic on many minds today is going to be the recent issue between the mayor and the police chief, Dion Campbell, and the subsequent phone call made to a member of the clergy in Michigan City where Mayor Dwayne Perry, believing the phone was hung up, was caught saying they went in blank audience, you know, these black guys, they all want a blank audience. So take me through this, uh, Councilperson Bryant. First with the Chief Campbell issue, as you were one of the first people on the council that issued a complaint to the mayor in the council meeting about what was going on. Unpack for us for a minute what was going on there from your perspective.
0: Okay, from the from the very start, this this is uh two weeks ago and just about now, uh two Tuesdays back or our last council meeting, uh that day uh we received a press release that came out from the mayor and it was talking about uh chief campbell in a fundraising letter that he sent out to the public Mm -hmm. now this fundraising letter has been sent out for many years and it it raises money uh for events like our easter egg hunt uh, the citizens academy the youth leadership academy as well as shop with the cop. Very popular uh, things that we do in Michigan City. Community-based programs, right? Community-based programs. And uh, so I've seen this letter many times. And so around two o'clock that afternoon, um, I saw an email, I believe that was the time that it came out. Saw an email. So I opened it up and I I read a press release. And it's scolding Chief Campbell for sending out this letter. Which was interesting to me because, like I said, I've seen this letter before. <laughs> uh, the, the, the past chief, they all did this. You know, they, they sent this thing out and, and raised money for these programs uh, in Michigan City. So I read it. You know, I actually printed and I read it. I sat it down for five minutes. So I'm going to walk away from this, come back and read Spray it. Pray wise, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and see if I feel the same way when I come back and read it again. So I, I read it sat it down, did a couple of things in the house here as I'm, I'm prepping for it, the night's council meeting. Came back, read it again, I felt the same way. Um, I'm very rarely, with all the things you see on uh, social media and things like that, I'm very rarely flabbergasted about something that I see, <laughs> uh, something that I read. I, I'm tough to surprise, so to speak. <laughs> and um, so I just said, you know, I have to address this uh, at the council meeting, so... Uh, we had a council meeting after it was over you know you do uh, public comment then you come around to council comment and um i just decided to speak up about that because you know i kept driving the point or the question why now why chief campbell um and the reason i wanted to push that is because you know it's it's a letter that's been sent many years and i was told that the, the person who Help design uh, the press release, actually was a part of the program, the fundraising program uh, from the police department. So I really didn't understand uh, you know, why uh, they're going after uh, Chief Campbell. And so I wanted to know. Uh, so I decided to, to bring that out. I didn't have, I can't remember, because I was getting ready to speak about the issue. I didn't look at the, the Zoom screen to even see if the mayor was there. Um I just wanted to make the point uh that I was really upset by that letter. And um uh, so you know I just e- expressed my thoughts about the letter. I thought it was totally wrong and totally out of bounds. Um it, I think it could have been handled with a simple phone call. Mm-hmm. You know, you could call Chief Campbell, go visit him, uh, and and talk these things out. I don't even think this needed to be public. Mm-hmm. Uh the public should not know about this. The council should have heard about this. This could have been handled with a simple phone call or a visit to the office, um, but since it was put out in a public press release, I decided that I needed to talk about it that night, um, express my concerns, and, and really voice a strong opinion about that. So that's where this all
1: started. Well, one of the things that you said is why? Because again, this had been with other uh, other people in other years had sent a similar letter, right? Mm-hmm. When you said this question here that caught my attention why chief Campbell have you right. figured that out why chief Campbell? I didn't get an answer as to why chief Campbell um, He
0: did respond at the council meeting, but immediately my thoughts my thoughts even when I read that letter were racial hmm and and that's the That's the first thought that I had when I read this letter um, Like I said, I sat it down for five minutes came back read it again felt the same way mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to ask the question and and not and give a chance to 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 say why now why dion and he, he basically was was saying something to the effect as a pecking order he violated this pecking order um which you know the response didn't really sit well with me um and others that heard the response that night uh but you know he he made his response and then he said good night mm-hmm. and, and got off of the of the uh the meeting with us and you know, I don't know if you've seen in council meetings when when somebody addresses me by name, I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he did address me by name, and you talk about well, you work in a business environment, and you know. But that's when he got to the uh, excuse me talking about the pecking order and things like that, and um, that's not my philosophy. To, to go out and put a public press release out, I'll call somebody on my staff, and you know, I have this this attitude that the people that work and uh, the subordinate. Thing, you know, we, we're a team. You know, I see us as a team. Um, just for instance, I go down to Indianapolis as I work for NDOT, or if we're on a, a Zoom meeting with people in NDOT, and I have, you know, people that work in my office, they know their jobs better than I do. They know the ins and outs, I know what they do. So I'll put them on the, the phone call. They're talking to the big mm-hmm. executives. You know, I'll hand the ball off to one of them and let them score the touchdown. We all win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is why, you know, with my philosophy of how I would have handled it, I really thought it would have been best to call Chief Campbell, and this never should have come to the public.
1: Yeah, there, there's many things, I think, in the social media age now that, not, not even just interpersonally with businesses, these kind of things, but in, in government, that sometimes I wish would just be handled, you know, yes. um, between people instead of yes. putting on blast on, on social media. So then this grows, correct? Um, Some people are n- naturally upset about what correct. they perceive to be the targeting of Chief Mm -hmm. Campbell, who is a very well liked chief in Michigan City, yes. And so some people were asking questions about this of uh, Mayor Perry, and uh, one of them being some in the Michigan City ministerial, uh, some Mm -hmm. pastors. Um, Some people might not know, uh, as a pastor myself, but uh, Chief Campbell is a pastor as well. And so, um, and there were some questions asked about uh, with Mayor Perry and. Then the voicemail issue came up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was uh, speaking with uh, Pastor Lane, maybe. Yes. Um, yes. And you know, uh, kind of a uh, an interesting situation where you think that the phone is hung up and it's not correct. That's, yes, correct. And now, what is the wh- how is the council responding to this? Okay. So, th- before I
0: tackle yeah. that, even rewinding back to the council, meeting, after I spoke, the rest of the council members came in and supported and said pretty much the same thing that i did you know some had it in their notes that they were going to respond as well so there was pretty much a um all the council wanted to address that that night so now moving forward to the the phone call um i heard the the voice message and um just, for, just for, for clarity's sake, ask that question, so
1: I make sure I, I zero in on the point of your question. Could you say that question again? It, it was just more about, you know, what is the response call, from the council for that, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, the council was very upset, and I can speak for all of us. Um, you know, everybody was upset by that phone call. You know, everybody has a take on what that phone call meant to them. And, um, you know, the, the biggest response uh, that the council has, we're going to do a resolution Tuesday night's meeting uh, of uh, no confidence in the mayor. Um, I probably have 75 to 100 emails in my inbox right now <laughs> that are saying, uh, are you guys going to impeach him? Something to that effect. We really don't have that power as city council members. Um, he would have to resign. From the position uh so so the campaign that's been going on with with folks around the community is just applying pressure trying to you know to ask for a resignation and that, that is also a part of the uh the resolution uh as well so that's been the response from the council you know others uh they went out to a rally i know we had a few council members down there i don't know if they spoke or anything like that um i didn't make that that rally uh but you know that's been the The general response from the council is, you know, it's ending up with this resolution that's going to come up Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where we stand. Um, And like I said, within that resolution, it talks about uh, asking for resignation.
1: All right. Well, um... It's time to take a break, and, and and we're going to talk a little bit more because there's other things in Michigan City we certainly want to talk about, and we'll get to your calls and your texts and things like this. Um, but it is time to take a break and listen to those amazing Sound Off sponsors that you guys love so much. You love them. I love them. We all love them. So stay right there, and we'll be right back here with Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Right, Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today, we have on the show Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. We've been talking about the recent voicemail left by Michigan City Mayor Dwayne Perry. Shifting gears a bit, I-, I do want to talk a little bit more about Michigan City as a whole. The mayor suggested that he would create a new position in the city for communication and implicit bias training, which led your council cohort, Angie Nelson-Deitch, mm-hmm. to comment, we just went through a budget cycle when we were in the weeds on everything, she says. Mm-hmm. Many municipalities are struggling right now because of COVID and other tax-related issues. How would you rate the financial health of Michigan City? What do you think of this decision to to potentially hire somebody for implicit bias? Well, the financial...
0: Let's talk about the financial situation in Michigan City. Uh, Everybody was was hurt by COVID. I mean, that, that just took away revenues from all the municipalities. And, and you know you, you know, uh, the federal bill that's happening right now, they're providing uh, funding to different local municipalities and states and things like that. So we were hurt by COVID quite a bit. And we had some issues uh, going in regards to riverboat spending. Uh, we get a significant amount of money coming from the riverboat, about 10 and a half, $10 million, somewhere in that neighborhood per year. Um,
1: if you don't yeah. mind me asking, what is the annual budget for Michigan City? Annual budget's about 50, 55, 56 it's, million. That's somewhere. a significant amount of the yeah. $55 million budget. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah significant amount. And uh, and then we even we have that money that comes from the uh, the uh, casino. And so that, in the past, <clears throat> has had things that were put into the budget that were used or funded through uh, Riverboat you know, funding or whatever purchased through Riverboat funding. And so this last year, and got to give credit to my uh, the c- controller's office and our new controller, uh, Yvonne Hoffmaster, they really worked hard at this. And they put a lot of those purchases that we used to uh, allocate to riverboat funding back into the general fund. So we really had a pretty good budget that was presented to us to, to approve uh, moving forward. Uh, we haven't had a finance committee meeting in the, in the past few uh, weeks here. We're going on you know, three meetings now. I don't think there's been a finance committee meeting because those those purchases that we used to make out of the Boyd Development Fund and the Riverboat Fund, those are now in the general fund. So you, we see zero dockets. So they did a really good job of taking away that spending that, that was all allocated to the Riverboat Fund uh, and moved back into the general fund. So that, that has helped us a lot. Um, I think with some discipline here, will be in a really, really strong position. Uh, As of right now, the last uh, note that I saw we're at about $3.52 million. That's in that riverboat fund. Um, I sponsored some legislation at the beginning of the year that riverboat funding and boy development funding would now have to come through the council in the form of purchase orders that we approve. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that spending would, those appropriations does have to come through the council for us to uh, move forward. So we really have our hands around that spending um you know so if we spend it down to zero you, you point directly at the city council <laughs> uh, because that has to come through us in, in the form of appropriations that we have to um uh, to approve in order to come out and avoid of void development and the
1: riverboat fund all right let's get to a caller today on the show hello you're on sound off with council person dabney how are you
2: hey good afternoon guys hi nate hey. how are you
1: i'm good doing well yeah. man is this uh is this a former counsel, uh, county council person?
2: Yes, yes, it is. And I want to <laughs> say uh, hello to my friend Brian Dabney. Hey, man, this is Santana. Brian, uh, so how, how you doing? doing? How's it going? Hey, real, real, real good, so We uh, we go back to uh, playing some basketball mm-hmm. back in our day, folks. Uh, that's how we grew up. But anyway, hey, a couple, couple, few things that uh, that I, that are my opinions, but that mm-hmm. you can comment on. Uh, and right now, you guys started getting to it. First of all, uh, he wants to hire an individual to be kind of a go between. Mm -hmm. Well, I understand, or I thought, just like the county, that the city's on a hiring freeze. Now, the diversity training that he wants all these city employees to be put through, um, I'm sorry, but for lack of a better way to say it, I'm I'm looking at that as, let's face it, we want to be having this. This should have took place a long time ago is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. We want to be having this unless he got caught. And that's exactly why we're speaking of this. Now, let 's talk about being the mayor in in that position now dab like you and I know there's there's uh, times you you have to go talk uh, maybe to the west side community group or 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 over on your side of town the east side and these are predominantly black communities mm-hmm. you think that this is going to continue to happen anymore I don't think so the city employees are they ever going to look at that leader uh, in in the same way minorities I think are are, are going to like, I can't trust this man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I believe, too, Mayor Perry, you need to re, uh, retire, I was going to say. You need to resign. And, and here's one more thing that I really want to tell the residents and you, uh, mm-hmm. Dab, and the rest of the city leaders. This is not a blemish on Michigan City. Don't allow the news uh, or anyone to make it like Michigan City is bad. No, no sir, no ma'am. This is all on Dwayne Perry and he's going to have to accept this and he's going to have to live with this. And I just I just don't see him even getting out into the community. I wonder if he's going to be at the uh, at the parade tomorrow. I think he if when he enters rooms, he's going to get booze and his and so I I just don't see this thing working out. You guys now got to work with them. Uh, on a predominantly minority, uh, as we know, uh, council. it I, I, I just, you know, you use the word awkward. I just don't <laughs> see this happen, man. So, give me two, uh, your your comments, feedback on on what I said, and uh, I'll let you guys go. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Thanks for calling. All right, All calling, buddy. All right. What, what what are
0: some of your comments on that? I wish I could uh, sort of wrote those down so I can knock them down in order. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the hiring of someone mm-hmm. for this diversity or bias training. Um, I caught wind that the human rights uh, department was actually putting something like this together already. This was in the works. Um, so, in my mind, this was something that was, like I said, was already in the works. Uh, and maybe th- that was the opportune time to bring it up. Uh, and and talk about it you know as something that i'm going to create but i I heard it was actually in the works Mm -hmm. uh it was happening already and um so i'll 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 leave that there but in regards to hiring someone new um you know obviously to allocate funds for a position that once again that comes through the council uh we would be the financial arm And I have not had a chance to talk to other council members, but you read the the statement by uh, Councilwoman uh, Angie Nelson Deitch there. And I agree with her. You know, we we were struggling to put our budget together. And now we're going to start adding uh, to bring in someone for diversity training and and so forth. Um, We can find something for us to go to that's remote (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, in in order to do that. I'm sure Indianapolis or somewhere has any kind of diversity training. and uh, to be perfectly honest, you know the, the person who spoke on the voicemail may need to be first, <laughs> um, and, and 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 sign up for that diversity training or bias training, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I would have to definitely talk with the rest of the council in regards to that um, in terms of funding, because like I said, any kind of additional appropriation to put a, a position in the budget is mm-hmm. going to have to come through us. Um, and, and then uh, Mr. Santana talked about coming into neighborhoods and those difficult conversations those are going to be difficult conversations um you know the, the neighborhoods and you know i call my ward uh i don't know people hear me say it all the time i have the most diverse ward i think uh in michigan city um i have where it comes down into the east side where i live and that's the Eastport neighborhood obviously and then we my ward runs out to the beach out to sheridan beach Different issues going on, Mm -hmm. you know, different uh, demographics and how how things are set up. Uh, So it's going to be interesting. You know, when I have these neighborhood association meetings and things that I attend like that, what's going to be the feel? What's going to be the tenor of those meetings Mm -hmm. and how they react? I mean, if you just read what you see on Facebook and things like that. I already know the tenor of, of you know, what's going to happen there. You know, everybody's, like I said, I have a bunch of email right now saying, are you guys going to impeach? Are you, you know, can you get rid of this? Uh, can you get rid of uh, Mayor Perry? Things like that. Um, so the the early read is it's going to be very difficult conversations for him moving forward.
1: All right. Here's a, a question we received on Facebook. Does Mr. Dabney have any updates on fellow council members Mack Tillman and uh, Angie and Mr. Clarence uh, Hulse? From the Michigan City Economic Development Corporation effort on addressing the city's food desert crisis, especially on the west side. I don't have any updates. I mean, we've tried to do something in the
0: the first ward um, in the Eastport neighborhood because, you know, talking about the food desert. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody knows what that, that actually means. You know, the, the availability of places to. Uh, to get food that's that's close to you. You yeah. know, Obviously, if there are no places for you to procure food or purchase food, that makes it a food desert. Uh, we did have an opportunity, like I said, I can't speak for the others, uh, but you know, we did try and have something moving to move into the uh, first ward, fifth ward, right on Michigan Boulevard, that's the split there, um, the MC supermarket, and they had trouble getting off the ground. We were happy that that opened up. I think they might have lasted a year or two maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, but they weren't able to stay open. But then we also have a, a project that's been going on now for a few years. Now it's run by Miss Dominique Edwards. And that's the, uh, the, I don't wanna, what's the name of it now? It the is Walker the Walker Street, Street. <laughs> you know, I still wanna call it the Eastport neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. but it's yeah. the Walker Street Community Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what they do down there, they're planting food uh, and people have their own beds that they're doing their food and there's public beds out there. Mm-hmm. So things are just planted and, you know, you can show up down there and pick uh, food and things like that. So that is a, a good project. Absolutely. Uh, I remember first talking about that. I had a couple people respond, oh, that's not, just that's really nothing. That's really nothing. But it's turned into something that people are proud of in that Eastport neighborhood. I'm proud of it. Dominique Edwards, you know, she's proud of it. And we've gotten grant money. Uh, To do some things there, so uh, you know that's that's one way we're trying to address you know part of that food desert, but that's a big issue. Um, So the community garden is one thing that we're doing, but obviously you can try to do more. Um, So throughout the city, going over to the west side with the food desert, I want to shout out uh, one of the best organizations in Michigan City. Um, They're a model for what an organization, a community organization, should be doing. A rise and shine. those guys, I did a volunteer with them, and he, they work. <laughs> <laughs> they work. You know, I showed up, and uh, the guy that was, that was running at, Antoine Burks, uh, <laughs> I show up, and he put me to work. He was all over me.
1: No special uh, privileges for being a, <laughs> no, a politician. No any.
0: special privileges. Uh, actually, I call him my little bit cuz. He's younger than me, so he's little, but he's bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's a little bit cuz. And, uh so he put me to work and we gave out so many bags of food that was around thanksgiving when i i I volunteered that time um so you know there are places there are people around michigan city that are helping with those food desert issues but that is a big issue to tackle in
1: michigan city let's get to one more caller before break Mm -hmm. hello you're on sound off how are you
3: good good How's the day good 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 Gentlemen, uh, I just want to say I have been a lifelong conservative Republican my entire life. And I still think that uh, Dwayne Perry's made a lot of mistakes since he's been in office. And uh, I I heard the tape myself. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I agree, he made a huge mistake. Should be held accountable for that. On to the next subject, this thing of this diversity training. Uh, You know, we're all born the color we are. And we're all born with the color eyes we have, and we can't change that. No one should be looked at differently because of it. We should all love each other for who we are. But that being said, it is my my professional opinion and my personal opinion. We have to be careful. There's a lot of those people, including those pastors, and I'm not going to speak for you, Nate, but a lot of my friends that are pastors are very nervous about a globalist, uh, socialist ideology of this train diversity and force diversity on people. I don't have to be trained to love another person. That's just an accepted norm in my house. But uh there are certain agendas that are being pushed and I think it has to be careful that we don't take these big city extreme diversity training type programs and bring them here. I mean it just it makes me a little nervous. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of um uh, this going around diversity strength and people you know those people that say they really don't care about diversity. it's more of a propaganda tool that manipulate different races and it causes more division. So I just want to make sure we're doing if they're going to do a diversity training, let's keep in mind what we're being diverse about because probably 70% of uh, those people in that city probably follow a God of some kind and and I, I don't I'm not a believer that one Supreme Court case that says, God is separated from the state. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Founding Fathers meant that. I meant the, I think they meant the state from uh, the church, just like the top-down theology that was taught over in Europe, and that's why people came here to have religious freedom. So that's all I wanted to say. I, I hope you have the best of luck, and I really didn't have a question, but just, just keep in mind, uh, you know, there are social norms that need to be kept, and, and uh, that has nothing to do with color. Thank you, guys. All
0: right. All right. All right. I can address that. Yeah, go ahead. Where do you go with that? Uh, <laughs> diversity training. And he, he said basically he, he feels like it's going to be forced upon uh, everyone. I mean, there are major companies. There are you know, banks I've worked for in the past. There are other places. And they, some of them have these programs, these diversity training and bias, implicit bias training and things like, things like that, which can be very helpful. In my mind, diversity training gives me a chance. It gives everybody a chance to meet other people um, that are not like them. And I'll give you an example. It was kind of a built-in diversity training. I graduated from the University of Notre Dame, and you don't get to really pick your roommate when you go there. And when I showed up, um, my roommates, it was Bryant Dabney from, from Michigan City, Indiana, and one guy who turned out to be one of my best friends, Kevin Rice from Alabama. And then I had Damian Shiner, um, a Jewish kid from Philadelphia. And then Mike Apicelli, uh,
1: Italian guy from- Sounds like a good Catholic kid, Yes, huh? yeah.
0: yes, so uh, very diverse room. And then my sophomore year, we picked up Paul DeCruz, an uh, Indian kid from uh, Chicago, and then John Gia, a hockey player. Um, I believe he was from New York. and we were put in these situations to deal with other people. And I think they did it purposely. And it it turned out very well for us to get a chance to meet other people, other backgrounds. And and I thought that was very valuable. That's one of the most valuable experiences, you know, I got out of the University of Notre Dame. So going all the way back, circling back around to that diversity training, being forced on people. um, I think that's a good thing. I'm not referring to the city. Right now, I'm just talking about in general. Mm -hmm. Um, To be able to meet with, talk to, and learn about other people
1: is is a good thing. I don't see why that's a bad thing at all. Yeah, I think uh, at the heart of any good diversity training is to help you understand other people. Right, Um, that's it. And so, all right, time is moving quickly here on the show, but we do have to take a break and let our sponsors have a word. I need you to get up, maybe do some stretching, get yourself a snack, and keep listening to Sound Off right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Hello friends and welcome back to our final segment of Sound Off today. We have Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney on the show. You've been involved in a few ways with the Double Tracking Project in Michigan City. What effects, negative and positive, do you expect the South Shore Double Track to have on Michigan City? Well, negative is just the the public perception
0: of how everything is going to go wrong. You have to be able to sell this this project, or I shouldn't say sell this project. You just have to be able to inform the people what's going to happen um i remember i mean this has been going on for a long time uh the, the, this project and i remember when this first came on and they had these public hearing sessions uh some were not well attended and then others were especially when it started talking about the properties that they would be acquiring um in order to do the uh, double tracking project and then I, I saw sentiment change on this project people were showing up that lived along that 11th street uh corridor there and they wanted their homes to be on that on that list of properties they could you know acquire um in order to have that double tracking project go through so i've seen some positive some negative which is always going to happen um just kind of a comparison of another thing that happened when we did the two-way streets you know it did uh, took one ways out and chasing them to two-way streets. I mean, everybody was talking about there's going to be pile ups and crashes all over the place. Nobody talks about that anymore. Uh, everybody got used to it and they've moved on. So I hope that happens with the double tracking project. I've noticed, because I pay attention to these things. It's, it's my ward. Um, there are houses that I've seen in that neighborhood near uh, where the, the, the train station stands now, um, houses that have been fixed up and put on the market. And I seen one selling for as much as $174,000 in a neighborhood, and I had never seen prices like that uh, for a house over there before. So property values are, are going up. There are people who come into Michigan City or people from Michigan City that are, are starting to purchase uh, homes and things like that. That is happening. Uh, this, this is going to happen, and so I see that as a positive. But on the on the backside of it, I do get concerned sometimes. You know, you have people where the property values are going up. They're on fixed incomes and mm-hmm. things like that. So, it is a, a, a game, you know, really a balancing act that you have to do um, in order to, to make things work. Um, so, I, I think the double tracking project eventually is going to be a good thing for Michigan City. Um, I hope we have a lot of skilled labor workers and things like that um, so they can have to get jobs when it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of work that's going to happen down there. So, I think it's going to be positive for Michigan City you know, changing that commute uh, to Chicago or cutting off so many minutes of that Mm -hmm. commute. I think it's gonna be a a
1: good thing for Michigan City. All right, let's get to another caller. Hello, you're on SoundOff, how are you?
4: Doing good, how are you doing?
1: Good, what's your question, bud?
4: Well, I got a couple comments. Um, One, I wasn't really calling about this, but you brought up the double-track issue. I'm sorry, Mr. Dabney, I totally disagree. That will ruin the west side of Michigan City, but that's another subject for another day. My call today is concerning Mayor Perry's comments and the whole deal of racism and so forth in Michigan City. First of all, the mayor should be totally ashamed of himself. They're not going to make a crowbar big enough for him to get his foot out of his mouth. Um, I would say probably resignation is probably going to end up being the best way out of that, but to address the whole racism thing and everything, let's get right down to the bare facts of the thing. People, uh, we are all different. We all look different. We all talk different. We All sound different. We smell different. We like different things. We all do different things. Nobody out here is identical. Nobody's exactly the same. Everybody likes different things. So for God's sake, people get over it. Okay. We need to be together and just get over this. There's no need to hate somebody just because they're different than you. And it's just stupid and it's on all sides out there. So everybody, just get over it. And we don't need to keep going on on this racism. We're wasting more time on racism that we could be doing positive things for everybody. And just, again, get over it. Thank you.
1: All right. Thanks for calling. Any comment to that? Yeah, I'd like to jump in on that. (laughs) Basically,
0: when you talk about racism and I hear somebody tell me, get over it, you know, my skin tone is the way it's been for all my life. And I've had to deal with this um, and and some of the things that have happened over my lifetime. um, And it still happens. Things you know, still happen. Racism is there. Racism is out there. And to not talk about it is just to cover it up and not address it. Uh, I don't think that's the answer um so you know th- th- things have to be uncomfortable sometimes you have to talk about them you have to address them in order to fix them uh just to bury those into the sand and say oh, everybody be be good you know that- that's just not reality um and and that's the way it is. So he talked about, you know, everybody is a person and so forth. I get that. But these issues have to be addressed. They have to be talked about. If we don't, you are doomed to, cre- uh, to do the same things you've always done. You do not move forward if you don't address these issues.
1: So um, a text we received here is a little more pragmatic anyway. I'm not sure who to talk to about this, so I'm going to send it in here what are you doing with the potholes in michigan city my main street i'm talking about is longwood drive and i'm not i
0: can't just call longwood drive in my head
1: i don't Um, even know the road i live on half the time so
0: so I, i cannot address that but i do have to say this over the years that that uh riverboat fund has been used a lot for paving uh over the years and um i'm sure there are some streets that are disrepair uh more than others obviously the ones that have just been done more recently are going to be in better shape um potholes i don't know um where we are in regards to that uh i'm trying to get a a look here and, and, and find out exactly where that's at but um you know addressing potholes you know every year this is how we evaluate the streets of Michigan City. They do what's called PASER ratings. Um, so they go around and rate all the streets in Michigan City. And the ones with the lower ratings are the ones where the dollars go um, to, to do paving. And paving is an expensive deal. Um, so you can't do them all uh, in one year. You you have to put them on that system where they rate the, the streets and then we, we fix the, the worst of the bunch. So, I mean, that's that's how that works, so.
1: Well, uh, we have come to the end of our show, but I, I always like to give our guests the final word. Uh, what would you like our listeners to know? Wait, first of all, it's been a half hour. It's been f- almost forty-five minutes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. W- welcome, welcome to well, Sound Off. Yeah. So, so, th-
0: <laughs> I have to address this. Um, I was running for office and they give you those those things, they say, well, you have three minutes to talk about this. <laughs> I run out of time every single time. Um, so, you know, I, I'm always complaining about needing extra time. And that's why I'm looking at my watch here. It's like, man, did you guys short me 15 minutes or something? Yeah, no, We'll have you back, though, if you'll come back on. I'd be soon. glad to come back. And so what's going on now? Um, just some of the things I, I want to talk about, some of the positive things that, that uh, I'm doing now. I'm a part of a group where we've looked around and we just we see a lot of money being made in Michigan City. The housing values in Michigan City are rising. Uh, I can't quote the exact percent, so I won't do that. But they're, they're rising. Um, so a lot of people, roofing companies and, and, and other siding, I see a bunch of that going on and a lot of home repair happening in Michigan City. So if we've reached out this group of people that I'm working with and asked them to just donate, you know, give back to Michigan City. So the first home that we did, uh, we put a a roof on a house over in uh, on Union Street. um, And that's in my ward in the uh, Canada area. uh, No charge to the the, the person that was renting the house. Uh, Aurelia Southward is her name. And uh, so we got this all set up. We got the permits, uh, came out, no charge to her put a roof on. As a matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going to meet with the, the second uh, person, the second family, rather, that we're going to put a roof on the house or do some other things as well. Um, so just trying to help out, you know, people that aren't on these fixed incomes that don't have the the dollars to do uh, those big projects to their homes. So we're stepping in to take care of some of that. Um, so that's one of the, the things I'm most proud of uh, on being on the council that we've gotten together to do that um this weekend a little bit to a smaller scale than putting a roof on a house we're going to do a cleanup of that community garden um the 20th actually uh the 20th three hours out there to to clean that up and get it ready for the season and we're just moving along um i I had some other things i I wanted to talk about in in regards to annexation and 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 things like that so next time around i'll kick that to a higher level Mm -hmm. we can talk about that Uh, that gets a little complicated but I think Michigan City, in in some ways, like that, you know, we we, we kind of operate like a small town. We need to be more big city mentality. Um, so, you know, I try to have these bigger visions of of the city, of you know, how we can improve. So, um,
1: I would love to be able to address those at some point, and be able to talk about that that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah we'll have you back on really soon. I want to thank uh, you, Michigan City Council Member Brian Dabney. Thank you for listening. Sound Off is a community conversation program that airs twice each week on 96 7 The Eagle. We're produced by Dennis Siddell, edited by Jeff Woolgazer, and I'm your host, Nate Lauks. We'll be back right here on Monday to talk about other issues that are important to our listeners. But until then, have a great day, enjoy your weekend, and keep listening to 96 7 The Eagle.
2: Thank
0: you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 967 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on
4: 967 The Eagle.
2: Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 967TheEagle.com.